are back! That's we right. are back! We are getting Doug back! And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. We're We are back! Welcome to the Dynasty uh, Empire Dynasty podcast. Wow! I got so excited. I'm flustered. I'm flustered, everyone, because uh, it's been a while, but we are back and joined by one of our fellow co hosts, Christopher Keane. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thanks, boys. It's great to be back. I tell you, it was a bit strange listening just to the two of you, but I thought you did a very good job. Um, very good job indeed. I had a good chuckle at a few uh, Dinklage references, that's for sure. Hod, how are you going, mate? Oh, I'm fantastic. Great to have the big man back, the ever-reliable. Now, what was your favourite, other than the Dinklage, of course? Uh, I reckon two pods ago was outstanding. Two. Uh, yeah. The last one was good, but the, the one before was very, very funny. Okay. We mm. work off each other nicely, I reckon. But but always good to have a threesome. It's true. I reckon, Hod. What do you think? I, I totally agree. And it's no longer the duo solo. Well, we're no. officially a tripod again. Or Just a trio solo. Just the way we like it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, mate, fill us in. Where have you been? Have you uh, just been taking some time off or been relaxing? What's What's been happening? Not a Not a great deal. Just uh, Just adding to the family, mate. We've got a little one, uh, little Riley's uh, in the in the building. So he's a keen follower of Ooh. the uh, NFL Red Zone. Excellent. If nothing else, he's a big Scott Hansen fan, um, and he uh, yeah he loves uh, sucking on some milk while watching. <laughs> Scotty Hansen do some of his finest. Jeepers. Out of, the bo- out of the bottle. Is the uh, rumour true that it's Riley Hansen keen? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> no, not yet. Chance, though. Oh, very good. Well, it's, been, it's good to have you back, mate, and uh, hopefully you'll, uh, you won't be too rusty, although I was the one who couldn't even fucking pronounce the name of the podcast off the top of the show. So let's, uh, let's jump into some news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. And we'll fly straight into the Eliminator Pool, which sees still only three competitors left. So just to fill people in, uh, myself, Steph, and Tim Oss all remain. Tim, Tim and Steph successfully tipping the DFF, and I had to sweat it out last week watching your team, Keeney, just slowly uh, pip the haircuts at the uh, last game of the week. So, a little bit worried about that one. But, uh, yeah, just to give a bit of context of how the competition's going with those three, um, all have pretty similar teams remaining. So, the Executioners, Punishers, Humdingers, Legal Team, and Demons. But there's one point of difference for all three teams, and that is that Steph has the Stallions, Tim has the Grouse still, and I still have Prestige worldwide. So, well, uh, it could be... Could be a few weeks before we start to use those points of difference. So this week's not very exciting, all three for the legal team. So it's either we all split it or we're all still going. Um, 
We'll move to some NFL news here. And there was a trade that went down, and that was Robbie Anderson traded to the Cardinals. What are, what are some thoughts we've got on this one? Bit, they gave up two picks for it. What do you reckon, Ken? Yeah, Kenny? I mean, watching that game, he, they, they basically kicked him out of the game their own team. Um, he cracked the, cracked the shits with the wide receiver coach, I think, and then they basically sent him off to the locker room. I think every team in the NFL realized they were going to get rid of him after that moment, so I'm not sure what they gave up in a trade, but you would think they didn't need to give up anything. They gave up a 24-6 and a 25-7th, I think it was. Is he that good to start with? No. Pod, you've got him on your team, don't you? No, I had him had him for a while, but I haven't had him for a while. I don't think anyone um, does, do yeah, no, he's still on someone's team. But uh, no, he has sort of faded faded away a bit. He had a good week one, uh, but that's been it. And Come who would have thought another wide receiver cracking the dump, but he's spitting the dummy mm. and off he goes. So The prima donnas. But I mean, the Cardinals, are why are the Cardinals motivated to to add Anderson and, and try and win? I don't, their, their team's terrible. Well, we will see. We'll get to get to that a little bit later, but um, it's, I mean, obviously on the back of an injury to your squad, which I've heard too much about this week already, the injuries at the grouse, but Hollywood Brown obviously going down spurs this, but it's, uh, yeah, maybe a good little segue, but we'll, uh, we'll, we won't get to the injuries just yet. What are we? What are we doing, Ben? Some. I don't know. It's, uh, got, was, it's got Keeney coming up next. Yeah, no, I, I just had a quick. Uh... Just, just a thought, and like listening to you guys talk, that's you always come up with um, different things and different topics. But one topic that I, I think uh, you were all over this hot is that the the too high safety look that a lot of clubs, uh, a lot of teams, sorry, are implementing defensively, and just how that's impacting fantasy. Now, I'd never really thought of it in that fashion before, but um, I did go back. You know, I like a good stat. I went back and had a look, boys at the dynasty average scores throughout the years. 2020 was 126 per team. 2021 was 123. This year, 117 per team. So we've dropped by almost 10 points per team per week. And I reckon there's a bit to do with less touchdowns um, and and more of this dink and dunk yardage rather than than high-scoring games. And I'll tell you what, the real winners in all of this, though, and we talked about it the other night on uh, whilst getting a juicy palmer down at the Melbourne Vale. But the real winners in uh, in Dynasty and certainly Redraft are these rushing QBs. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, and Geno Smith round out your top seven QBs this year. They can all all run with the ball and all create extra fantasy points off with their legs. So I think that's a, a real talking point this year. Well, I couldn't agree more with you there. It's, you know, the too high safety look, it keeps everything under. But let me reel off the top 12 wide receivers and see if you guys can see a trend that goes with this. We've got Stefan Diggs, uh, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Hollywood Brown, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, Debo, Amari Cooper, and Christian Kirk. Now, other than... Tyreek Hill, maybe Hollywood Brown, but not so much this year. What do most of these receivers have in common? They all just work the middle of the field. Yep. Benny, anything else? Oh, yeah, they stand out as possession receivers to me as well. 
Exactly. So it's it's middle of the field. A lot of them work out of the slot, mm. and they are definitely the possession type of receiver. But then if you still look at the Tyreek Hills, who we we see as a downfield threat, same as Jalen Waddle, but they actually are yards after catch receivers. Mm. And that's what they get being presented with. And and then you can you go through that list and you can see every one of them has that feature in their game. And like especially AJ Brown, even in a new offense, get the ball in his hands, the Debo's, um, and then see what they can do after uh, the catch with the safeties on a higher look. Absolutely. And look, it was just something I wanted to bring up as a discussion, but I, it almost feels to me like if you don't have one of those QBs on your team, you're starting so far behind. Like I look at, so Matt's got Josh Allen and Burrow. Ben, you've got Lamar and Mahomes. Jim, who's five and one, has got Jalen Hurts. Um, Manny, who's third in scoring, has got Geno Smith. Mm. Tim Oss, who's always up there, has got Kyler Murray. Um, I'm probably the outlier, but I've got stronger skill position players, and that's what's keeping me alive. My QBs suck. I was going to um, say, what? If you don't have one of those, like, good luck, good luck winning. What prompted you to do this deep dive? Was it uh, sitting there and watching Stafford put up his 11s every week? Probably subconsciously it was. <laughs> oh, mate, it is. It, it's honestly, if you, if you just have a, and I've got, I've got four of them, <laughs> if you include Baker and Mac Jones. If you've just got <laughs> sort of passing QBs that don't run around, it's really tough when you when you come up against teams that don't have that. Well, we, we said this last week, Hod, I reckon. We said the bloke's been sitting around just itching, itching to share some of the uh, the knowledge, just spew some of the knowledge from his brain, and he's been clearly typing some notes into his phone, and it's taken him all of you know nine minutes to spit out some of those uh, juicy facts. A few 3 a.m. nightcap thoughts, I reckon. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's enough from me, boys. Okay, let's let's get on with the uh, injuries. All right. The injuries, uh, just some notable ones here. Obviously, Wentzy uh, having a bit of an issue with the thumb. I reckon he, his throwing hand hit a helmet on the way through, which is always uh, a bit problematic for a QB. So four to six weeks they've got there. I, heard it was, I thought it was his finger rather than his thumb. Oh, was it his finger? Not in detail, but because uh, some people were saying normally you can play through a broken finger. Fingy. But they're choosing to sit him and... I don't know if he's having surgery, but they're looking at an alternate route, well, which is interesting. If it's at a finger or a root, it doesn't really make a difference, does it? Uh, mm-hmm. they're, Same thing. They're going to be Still looking, counts. Although Still very, counts. very interesting. Uh, we'll get into, obviously, who might be stepping up to the plate in that team, but bit bit of shambles at the uh, commanders. Who would have thought would be saying that six weeks into the year? Uh, Hollywood Brown, another one that... Uh, both of uh, you blokes have a soft spot for this guy. He's out with a uh, foot fracture six weeks, they reckon. Uh, the positive sign there, it's not a Liz Frank, um, which did he suffer from last year? No? It wasn't a Liz Frank. It was, it was a foot um, issue. So it's Again. a second back-to-back foot issues, but yeah. Yeah, the, um, no, he lucked out with this. It's, it's yeah. actually four to six weeks, um, and it's, it's an isolated fracture, so... He should very, be back. Very good news, given that uh, the initial reports were that it was season-ending. Um, yeah. And if you didn't happen, if you didn't see it, this happened on the final play of the game. Oh, it's always brutal watching that. The worst. And we say probably the most important one for last, and that's Randall Cobb is out for two to four weeks. Hold on, hold on. He got carted off. Yeah. Is it a two to four? It's week only two to four weeks <laughs> after that high ankle sprain. Oh, but is it looks there any it looked coincidence. bad. Oh, the Cobb. Is there any coincidence that we get Keeney back? Didn't he have a phobia of some sort back <laughs> in the day? Corn. Yeah, that's right. 
I feel like Hyde was... you were all over this. Kalampakiphobia. <laughs> and if you Google this, it's got Keeney in a onesie, a corn onesie. <laughs> Keeney's the kid off TikTok who's singing yeah. about corn. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, we're moving on to probably a new segment, which is who would have thought Donald Watch is uh, coming back. They are in fucking shambles, the Panthers. They are possibly one of the worst run teams in the NFL at the moment. And uh, Baker Mayfield, he's coming back from a high ankle sprain, but he's surely uh, only destined to be replaced by Darnold because PJ Walker looked absolutely shit in uh, stepping into that role there. So they've got to try something. I don't know. It's uh, it's not, not good to watch and it's not good for... Uh, for any of their skill position players. I feel like, Keeney, you've got a little pun that you might want to roll with here. Well, I know Papa Papa was coming to me after I think uh, DJ Moore put up nine yards or something this week. And and we know Papa's feelings towards uh, DJ Moore or DJ Poor, as he <laughs> likes to call him. <laughs> Probably wide receiver fifty on the year at the moment. Can can Darnold help him at all? I just think Darnold sucks, but he does anyway. suck. But it, I think he helps CMC more than anything because yeah. he just loves a little dump. Um, <laughs> we are are we are we not sure that DJ Moore may have featured in Papa's lovely wives. Uh, other life that she's had in the past because he just keeps going on about this bloke. Well, he's, he's probably tassels. cranky because he, he's hungry. So it doesn't take much to get him fired up, does it? Well, that's a good point. So just while we're on this man, this great man, he's, uh, his weekly videos for our punters league, if you saw it this morning, it's, it's outstanding. But he did it at 6 a.m. So he would have had to prep for that. So not only does he not eat, he doesn't sleep. Two of the most important things human beings need to live. Are we sure this guy's not an alien? <laughs> I, I don't know about that because I'd say that his um his fantasy prowess sort of reflects those two things. So I reckon it's all well. Like... He's, he's nipples from from out of this world. So <laughs> <laughs> I love those things. <laughs> oh fuck. All right, Keeney, you wanted to uh, – you felt like we, we probably we – we're going to go into some trades here, but you feel like probably we didn't go yep. in deep dive enough on the old uh, fourth round of Fakara and Williams. It's okay because it, it seemed innocuous, I reckon, last week, the old fourth rounder for Kyron Williams. And when I was listening back to the pod, I thought, boys, there's a reason Thais targeted Kyron Williams. He doesn't think Cam Akers is any good. Um, he's playing like shit, and lo and behold, this was before the whole Cam Akers thing came out. So, so fair play to Thais there, but um, there could be a real future there for Kyron Williams, and he's got Daryl Henderson as well. So it really worked for him. My biggest gripe with the whole thing was that Jim picked up Kyron Williams in the rookie draft for a fourth round pick. We're four weeks into the season, and he offloads him for another fourth round pick. Like, what? What was the expectation for Kyron Williams? Nice. At this- at this point in his career, I don't understand why you flip him for the same value. Clearly not producing, mate. You got to just you, you need to be on your toes for the stallions to oh. uh, to see some worth there. I, I'm with you. If if Thais comes to me and goes, "Hey, I'm I really, you know, I'll just throw you a fourth round for this bloke sitting on IR at the moment who hasn't played a snap." You, I don't know. You get your back up a little bit and yep. you go, your "I'm going to I'm going to Google 
and and scour Twitter for literally anything on this bloke just to see if there's something out there because it's a weird one to come out and grab. But uh, full credit to him. It's uh, he must have had a bit of a hunch and got in early. Yeah, he did. So well, well played. But is it is it a sign of things to come with Jim's stacking of fourth round picks that he's got? That's all he's got in the in the uh, ammunition box. There, he's just got five fourth rounders. So if that's a sign of things to come, they won't be lasting too long. Well, he's got one less because Jim trading Hod's twenty twenty four fourth for old Zay Jones to Jake there. Uh, so Jake walks away with a fourth. Jim walks away with Zay Jones. I actually don't mind that one for yeah. Jim. I think that Zay Jones. <laughs> Has got pretty good uh, value for this season. He's produced already in the first few weeks of this season. I think he's had a week off with injury. But uh, for a fourth rounder, that's that's a good one for a team competing. So net-net, Williams for Jones. Yep, that's one way to look at it. That's true. Um, I reckon if Jim had his time again, he'd probably be happy to hang on to Williams. And Williams is out for the year, is that right? No. No, no, he's just on IR. All right. But when he returns, the talk is that he will uh, have a heavy load. Um, this was a big one, and this one went under the radar a little bit, I think, in the league, and that was Papa uh, reaching out to Camo and getting Javonte Williams, who uh, had the very bad knee injury. But for where Papa's team's at, it's it's the perfect time to strike on a player like him. And Camo walks away with Josh Jacobs, Manny's 2023 second, and 2025 third. Uh Papa also cashing in on Jacobs, I think, is a pretty surprising result compared to where the narrative was on him at the start of the season. We spoke about him right at the end of the pod last week. But, uh, yeah, what, what do we think about this one? Um, I will leave Keeney to talk about the actual trade, but I'll just say that I'm not sure Papa reached out to come over this. I reckon it would have been the other way around because I also got an offer for the Javante Williams asset so um yeah i think it was the other way around for that one yep um my read on this uh this trade is that uh, actions give you information and i think camo doing this trade tells you that he is still a believer that he can win this division why else would you trade a young stud for a guy that hasn't had his fifth-year option picked up. He's going well, Josh Jacobs, don't get me wrong. But I, if I'm Camo and I didn't think I was going to compete this year, I'm going for first-round picks. I'm not going for Jacobs in a second. Um, so for mine, it almost tells you that he either thinks he can win this year or he's concerned about Javante long-term. He's he's dealing with J.K. Dobbins with a similar sort of thing um, with, the, with the knee injury, and it's taken him a while to get going. He still hasn't got going. Um, so... Yeah, so that's sort of what I think. Camo's, Camo's still in it this year. Which, ironically, with the J.K. Dobbins one, uh, he acquired him back off me after the same injury happened in the offseason. So, um, yeah, it is an interesting position to be in and one that when you do go chips in and you're, one of your star players has a season-ending injury, it's an interesting uh, mindset to be in and it's one that I think is a good time for teams who are down the bottom end, who are not interested in this year, it's an interesting time for them to strike. Mm. And, it, and it works perfectly for Papa. But if I'm Camo and I'm looking at Papa's squad and, and his assets, I'm going after one of the first. He's got eight of them. I'm going after, I need a first in this deal. Javante yeah. Williams is one of the top dynasty assets at running back before the season started. Now he's done his ACL, but does that mean all of a sudden I don't get a first back in the deal? Which is probably exactly to your point, Hod, that uh, that. Camo was the one doing the reaching out. Um, mm. 
because he had obviously no leverage to even push for a first because if Papa just said, no, I don't want Javante, well, then Camo has to come back and go, all right, well, I'll get this guy. Uh, I might just be I might just be bitter because I asked about Javante Williams, no joke, at least 10 times before the season started. I did draft him and then tried to trade him back in for huge overs probably. Um, but he didn't reach out to me, so well, I was a bit disappointed. Mate, well, it's good signs because you went huge overs on Russ. It hasn't panned out. You almost <laughs> went huge overs of him. That could have... Uh, Oh, Could have mate, been a bit a of pill to swallow. This uh, this is another trade that we had a lot of trades go down between the last pod and this one. Zach Ertz to Jake's team and Scoot picks up Keeney's 2025 second. Now, I looked at Jake's two trades this week and he gets Zach Ertz in, he gets Zay Jones out. And I, I looked at it, I, I'm pretty sure the order of it was Ertz in before Jones out. Now, I thought... The Ertz in really reads to me like a team that is all in on this season. And the Jones out kind of looks like a team that says, well, I don't really care too much about this season. So does it now, more that I look at it, does that mean that Jake was a player over and he was going to drop Zay Jones and he just flicked him for a fourth for enough for a player who's going to drop anyway? Potent- look, potentially. I, I think there's been – he's probably a bit concerned about Dalton Shute. Dalton Schultz, sorry, as his um, other tight end. Um, and he just probably wants to just try and bank win, so he needs a, that tight end spot to be filled. But I'll, I'll hand it over to the tight end whisperer. Far better for me to uh, comment on tight ends. Well, thank you very much. Um, I am looking at the ageless wonder we'll call Zach Ertz because he was done and dusted in Philly. It's, yep. Let's be honest. Uh, the go-dirt train was all there. and But two years on, to still get a second mm. for Zach Ertz is pretty unreal, I think. But he's the number three tight end on the year, and he's heavily involved in that offense. So I think it's very um, beneficial for Jake in a, at a position of need. Who cares if you need tight end? Just get him in, fellas. But, um, but yeah, that- it's, it's four trades over two years for Zach Ertz. So he's a wanted commodity. Getting getting Ertz in for a pick means that Jake's team's one player over. So he has clearly gone, all right, I'm probably going to drop Jones. Who can I ship him off to before I drop? And he got a fourth for him. So, well, you know, business. Do you know the interesting thing? Like last, last year, Zach Ertz got traded for a second with a third coming back. So he's actually increased in value in about eight weeks' time. So unbelievable. It's yeah, actually could, ridiculous. Yeah, it's a good effort. Good, good, uh, good result for Scoot, I reckon, there. And and for Jake, that's a that makes sense for both teams. Yep, it sure does. Um, all right. Well, shall we move on to the buys? Hold on, get the. <laughs> oh, I can't resist it. So I touched on it last week. I said that weeks nine and fourteen were the weeks that had the most teams on buy with six. Uh and then also later on in the pod last week said, can't remember when Thayer's picked the uh, the double cash round and he has picked weeks 9 and 14. Uh, so I wonder if there was any thinking behind those two weeks. He thought, let's just throw it up in the air and see what pans out. Did he give you any reasoning for it, Keeney? No, he did. He His reasoning was that it'll be a, a shit show in those two weeks for buyers and he felt like his team was pretty well stocked for those two weeks. So... That's uh, that's the way you wanted to play it. Okay, 
Fair enough. Well, uh, this week we see the Buffalo Bills, the Minnesota Vikings, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Los Angeles Rams all on by. There's some serious uh, names that are going to be sitting on the pine this week. That is, you know, there's not as many teams, but they have got some star-studded players sitting out, so it's going to affect some lineups here. Yep. Agree. <laughs> I thought there was a... Well, I, was, I was given an opening for anyone to give a thought, but uh, <laughs> fuck that. Let's move on to the review. <laughs> move forward amicably. First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me. Okay, now, because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. Watch your mouth. Watch my mouth, I will, because the dingers have come back to reality this week after a huge week. Uh, 51.34, De- defeated by the straight cash homies, a 122.58. He's pretty consistent. 120s, probably his floor um, over every year, pretty much. So um, he must be happy with Brian Robinson. He got him in in the draft, obviously high on the Alabama product, and he's got his chance. And I know I had Robinson in another league and had some fun with it, but... It is a great comeback story, what he went through earlier this season. And then first game, 17 carries for 60 yards and a tutty. So Rivera's straight in, loves him. Um, He's an interesting back too. Big, strong, unusual running style. He's been compared to, I can't can't think of it off the top of my head, but one of the Hall of Fame running backs. Trent Richardson. Ah, that's the one. Thank you, Keeney. Full of stats you are. Um, But when we're speaking of also Hall of Fame players, Ballinger. Led the dingers in scoring, Benny. Uh, no surprises here. Tight end, they always win. And uh, But yep. I'm pretty happy with him. He he was my first pickup post-rookie draft, one of the free agents. Um, had an opportunity, and he's getting given quite the opportunity at the G-Men. What do you think of him having watched all of their games, I hope? Yeah, no, I have uh, I've been tuning in to see the G-Men this year, which I haven't uh, done as regularly the last few seasons. <laughs> Hasn't been much to watch. But, no, he's, uh, he's a good red zone threat, um, plays the middle of the field well, and clearly uh, Jones loves to dish it out to him. He's a good, mm. uh, good little pickup for you. The G-Men also a little team to watch. I think they're a sneaky chance for that division. Um, I mean, sorry, the playoffs in that division is strong division, but mm. their uh, schedule's looking pretty good. Um, speaking of good chances, good everything, how's this stat, boys? I'm going to talk about the man, the myth, the legend for the straight cash homies, CMC. He is the running back three on the year, so 17 points per game despite Carolina ranking 26th in passing attempts per game, 32nd in rushing attempts per game, and 32nd in offensive plays per game. So that that firstly sums up Matt Rule for you. No wonder he's out. And secondly, he's just a dynamic cheat code. He hasn't even scratched the surface of what he could be doing with one touchdown on the year and still Mm -hmm. averaging 17 points per as the number three running back. So he's just heating up for the homies, and he could even be going somewhere where he could produce more. Have you boys heard anything on the trade front? I tell you, I've heard all I've heard is Buffalo is very, very interested, which would be a huge result for Sam. So you talk about uh, some efficiency or, or boosting boosting those numbers. If he's doing that with the twenty sixth ranked offense, what about with or the thirty second ranked offense? What about with the first? Mm. Holy dooly! And if Singletary 
you know, is playing the style that he is in that offense. Just imagine replacing that for CMC. It's uh, It's got ridiculous upside if that was to be the way. That, that is crazy, those stats you reeled off though, Hod, because you look you look through sort of the top five, top ten of each fantasy position, they're just littered with players on good offenses. It's very, very rare that you get the running back three on one of the worst offenses in the game. That like, is, it just highlights again how unbelievably is. It's like, uh, yeah, a wooden spoon team winning the Coleman. Like, mm. happens yeah. once in a doesn't blue make, moon, but it can. make sense. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make much sense. Um, anyway, let's move on to the uh, the next matchup. It was a tasty game, boys, this one. The Grouse 156 knocking off Johnny United's haircuts 144. I'll start off with this. The, the haircuts, boys, have been stiff all year, to be frank. They've copped some really high scores against them this, this year. Um, in their four losses, the opponents rank uh, in terms of how uh, their points scored on the week. Second, fourth, second, and first. Cop a bit of that. So very, very unlucky. unlucky. But he does drop to uh, two and four, boys. And we know what happened last time he dropped to two and four. There was a big old fire sale down at the haircuts. But I don't know um, Don't know if you'll get three first-rounders for Gino. Maybe you will. <laughs> you sure it was two and four? I thought it was four and two. Oh, it's a good point, actually. Was it? Yeah, four it's and almost... Two? You know what? It was four and two with poor scoring. And now he's two and four with... Uh, with good scoring, so, so yeah. So it was four and two, and he decided to tank because he wasn't scoring well. Now he's two and four, scoring beautifully. He might go chips in this year, boys. What do we reckon? Every chance. Any danger. Anyway, let's uh, let's get into this uh, little review here. And they do say, boys, that imitation is a fl- form of flattery. Now it's clear, Hod, that Manny is on board with the greatest division in world sport. So much so, he's trying to be like Jim with the sneaky sleeping. No alarm and started the zizzle with Chris Olave. He did say he was on a destination wedding, but still, I like that you're reaching into one of Jim's playbooks there. That was beautifully played, mate. You're coming around. It's good to see. But uh, anyway, he has been stiff. But one highlight out of this matchup, boys, Kenneth Walker. He looks like Mm. the real deal. That conversation with his mum on trade on the draft day has paid off here. Um, and he might already be a top five dynasty running back. That might might be going a little early, but gee whiz, he looked good, boys. He really did. Um, obviously, Stiff, we, we didn't have you on the pod when we were talking about Penny being out for the season, but uh, that offense is, is ridiculous at the moment. Who would have thought they'd be in the position they're in right now? It's unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ride. Oh, goodness. Uh, all right. Well, I, no. Sorry, before you go, I am glad you mentioned the fact that they didn't score an offensive touchdown on Thursday night and Russell went up to the stand and went, Broncos country, let's ride. He's, <laughs> the guy is a fruit loop. He's fucked. He's fucked in the head. <laughs> Speaking of fucked in the head, I uh, beat Thais. Uh, 137 to 146. Yeah, oh, goodness. I, uh, it, it was what? A nine-point win in the end, but it did really go down to the wire. And that, uh, yeah, it was the Monday night game where I was done and he had Cortland Sutton. So, ties back in with those Broncos again. He needed a 13, I think it was, and got a 2.4. That was the most stressful game to watch when you didn't want a player to score because there was just back and forth, no one moving the ball, went to overtime. What was the stat for the Broncos? It was 15 yards in the second half plus overtime. Is that right? Yeah, Russ threw for 15 yards in the second half. Yeah, that's that's 
pretty good. That's three first rounders, mate. Um, yeah, going well. Uh, I mean, once again, it was a grand final rematch. That I was a bit stressed about what uh, Thais's shitty running backs could throw up again for me. Eno Benjamin and Henderson, even though they had good situations this week, combined for 20, um, which did outscore Nick Chubb and Michael Carter, who I threw in there. Burrow, obviously, continuing to do what he does with Chase. Those two combined for fucking 60. So they, uh, they're continuing to give me headaches every time I seem to play them. But, uh, yeah, despite uh, Josh Allen and Burrow having a dominant display, still managed to get over the line there. But Thais's team, we'll get to it in the... Uh, in the previews, but outside of his quarterbacks, not much on offer really that his team's putting up and he still managed 137, but uh, they're doing the heavy lifting so far this season. He's always an interesting man, interesting team. And I'm sh- I look forward to the preview. I don't, I don't know if I've got that one, but who's got it? Probably you, Benny, with that statement. I reckon I'll, I want to see you liven up that little rivalry with, the, what'd you call him? The fuckhead. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> I, I, ca- I can't work out if you're talking about you or him, but who isn't a fuckhead? The Gym City Stallions, been on fire this year, the year of the gym, got absolutely sentenced by OJ's legal team, 124.8 hey. to 93.14, and the undefeated campaign comes to an end. And what also came to an end, boys, was Melvin Gordon. Did you say this? Point yeah. eighty scored, didn't get a carry in the second half, and the coach speak. I always love coach speak. This this Denver coach, he's already working up a fantastic little resume or reputation, whatever you want to call it, because he gave the old, didn't do anything wrong, um, nothing there. They probed him a lot, just gave absolutely nothing, and now he comes out and says Melvin Gordon will start this week. So. In a close game, your starting running back couldn't have helped you. What do you reckon? Well, I don't. I don't necessarily believe him when he says Melvin Gordon's going to start. I, I've heard quite a bit of rumblings that he's been fumbling all year, Melvin Gordon. They've had enough of him, and they want to get rid of him. Did That's he fumble in this in. game, though? No, but he <laughs> barely got a chance to. This- Big Latavius Murray, mate. He's just going to run away with it. The ridiculous thing about this whole situation is that for anyone who owned Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon was a pain in the ass the whole time and kept cutting into his snaps. The one time Javante goes down and then they're like, nah, we don't trust this guy anymore. Let's get the guy we just signed off the streets from the Saints. It's It's fucking ridiculous. And you could not have a more aptly named coach in Denver right now than the hack, fucking Nathaniel Hackett. Like, shittest name. She just named coach going around, Nathaniel, like from the fucking Nathan. 1500s. Pick Nathan knife. or Daniel. Don't try and combine the two. Fuck. Uh, yeah, I would I'd be vomiting in my mouth if I was a Broncos fan <laughs> trying to watch their games every week. It, and I've been a Giants fan this whole time. I uh, can't stand watching that team. They're fucked. Well, speaking of vomiting... In mouths, the Broncos <laughs> suck dick. Jim says, and bench their best running back after three carries, which didn't make things any better for me. He agrees with us, boys. He's not happy about the big MG, and neither was he in the post-game presser. That was quite interesting viewing. But um, Jim also says, just quietly, Jake is now rolling and is a very solid smoky to win it all. Oh, I didn't read that. But that goes to my last point here, boys. Jake gets a very valuable win during a one quarterback week because. Mm-hmm. The car 
was on a buy. <laughs> and um, they're the ones you need. I think Timos has had a couple. You just get these wins when you're not scoring well and um, the numbers game will catch up in a positive way. So a, a good win for Jake here. Absolutely. You just got to bank him when you can. Uh, next week, uh, next game, boys, the San Diego Demons say a bit of a get right spot here. 103.8, knocked off the Bayside Executioners or the Bayside Eliminators, I think we're calling them now. 59 <laughs> on the board. Um, look, the story of this game was was uh, probably Matt Ryan. He threw 58 times in that Colts game. Probably not how you, you thought the season was going to go when you think about uh, your offensive line and your running game. But Matty Ryan, just airing it out, he's um, he's got some issues with injuries. With oh, my God. Have another look at your phone there, Keeney. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I thought he I was. I saw the eyes dart down halfway through. This, 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 but this has been lined up for a while. This piece of shit trade. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Read Why it you out. go? Hurry up. Read it out. I gotta go soon. <laughs> Raheem Mostert and L Jeff. Was it L Jeff Wilson? L Jeffy. L Jeffy. Four. A 2023 third, Camos. Juicy. A 2024 second, Jims. Juicy. Juicy. Yeah. A 2024 third, I assume Ben's. Correct. It's mine, isn't it? Oh, no, it's Hod's. It's Hod's. He got so, it. Juicy. And if everyone missed that, Ben gets the players, Hod gets the picks. So, an interesting trade that you just held back for the pod. I know how you operate, mate. And, and you thought you'd do it as I'm talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to review this game, boys. But first, let's review the trade. Talk us through it quickly. How did it go? Well, I'll give you some insight in that this was fucking teed up well and truly before last week's games kicked off and then Hod just went <laughs> MIA on his phone and here I am going, am I going to get Jeff Wilson in my starting lineup instead of Michael Carter? Well, it turned out all right because uh, Michael Carter put up a point five. Um, I still would have just got over the line, but... Uh, I would have been a bit more stressed if I had that 0.5 versus a 5.5. But uh, no, just a bit of depth play here for myself. Is the main and a thing good there. time for some depth in the bye weeks. That's as, it. As, as we know, we're just talking about that just with the one QB. But having those skill position players to plug in um, on those bye weeks is very, very important, as we know. I'm um, just trying to work out when uh, old Jeffy's bye is week nine. That's one of the, the car crash weeks, that one. Yeah, week it's, nine. it's with 75% of my team because I own yeah. the entire 49ers offense on, <laughs> oh, that's right. Good on the lines at the moment. So whoever's got me, oh, I think DFF's got me in week nine, actually. Fucking hell, he does too. Um, so anyway, yeah. I, I'll, um, I'll quickly get through this game. There's not a whole lot more to add. What I will add, though, boys, is that uh, Scooter, he's, look, He's had a challenging last year. He's, he's had a challenging this year. He's probably struggling in the power rankings. We'll get to that shortly, but you got to love his commitment. He texted me this afternoon, probably half an hour before we recorded, and said, mate, I've just pulled over on the ring road emergency lane because <laughs> I forgot to fill in the form and I needed to make sure I did it. So how's that for commitment? He's that on is. the freeway driving home, bumper to bumper, just pulls over. He's got the EDL in mind, even when he's not going so well. But uh, he uh, he responded to this week uh, with his review. He said, look, can we talk about the fact I would have been beaten by Papa and his punishers on consecutive weeks? What a shit show. 
dark, dark thoughts happening down at the executioners, <laughs> and you really have to start questioning yourself and wonder, am I the new DFF? Am I shitter than the DFF at fantasy and potentially life? But then you realize no matter how bad it gets and the lowest of lows that I get to, the answer to those previous questions is no. A great review again from Scooter. I can just picturing him in the car as as the freeways rushing past, just ripping into the DFF <laughs> for no reason <laughs> when he lost to Camo. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. Speaking of guys, uh, DFF defeating the Punishers eighty nine to sixty. We had this teed up as uh we had this teed up as a very big matchup here, but it uh it really underdelivered as these guys have a tendency to do. Um, Papa's just... They've both delivered some thoughts here, but I'll, I'll try and do Papa's in the best Papa impersonation possible. So, Hod, we've listened to a few of his uh, Punters Club videos, so I'll try, and, I'll try and paint a picture like Papa would when he was typing this. Congratulations to the DFF on the biggest win of his career. Already at three wins for the year, looks like the inclusion of Laura to run the team has really paid off. The Punisher's plan is working very nicely with a boatload of picks to come in future draft and some fantastic new recruits ready to walk through the door next year. A special welcome to our new recruit, Javante Williams, boys, who came over from the Demons this week. He will fit right into the culture and do his part this year and for years to come. Was it like he was here? Um, <laughs> no, I I feel like I'm on YouTube watching clips of Steve Irwin. <laughs> Well, Papa gives off a very Steve Irwin vibe. He's very articulate when he wants to make a point. A bit like Sam Newman in his fucking rants. Uh, With those hands. Steph, wowee, Michael. We're not playing golf here, mate. It's not the lowest score wins. (laughs) Fantastic (laughs) opening line here. Dallas, Kelly, St. Brown, MBS, and Shakir combined their score for 2.1. That has got to be a record to start. What is that? Four players for a combined 2.1. Hod, you, uh, you've had some rough weeks. Have you had that bad of a week? I'm sure your 38 probably oh. would have contributed a bit to that. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. But, yeah, I've had a few Worth, zeros. So. Try and find your worst week and tell me if four players combined for less than 2.1. You are the worst fantasy football player I've ever seen. P.S. Dallas is shit. And then he's also gotten here. I'll just uh, I'll break the fourth wall for all the listeners out here. He's got insert the sound grab of a laugh that we've all come to know when it comes to the DFF. Are we ready? <laughs> I think that's the one he was alluding to there, Hod. What do you reckon? What I reckon is... That laugh can piss right off. And the second <laughs> thing is, I've gone back to the week of week three was my 38.44. Yep. I had a 1.1, a 0.7. Mm-hmm. So that's 1.8. A zero. Yep. And a 0.9 for 2.7. Yes. Suck shit, Papa. The worst four-point player combination going around. Uh, that's as far as we're going to delve back into the stats there. Uh, we're not going to look into that anymore. Let's move on to the power rankings. That's the power of love. 
we're going to kick it off, Hod, with uh, your neck of the woods in the power rankings. Why don't you just uh, start to to reel off the bottom thirdrant of the power rankings? You love me in the bottom. I mean, on the bottom. Jeepers. Now, I know we've been close the last few weeks, but let's get back to the trio because we've got now an equal triple A. And I will start with number 12. Now, this man, this man did get very antsy about the power rankings after this last week. But I think he was pushing for an uptick in his ranking. But Pappas punishes, boys. He's the new number 12. He's come down with that 1.5, I mean, one win, five loss record. And he's come down from number 11 to number 12. That is going to make him very, very angry. And he was very angry this morning. I loved it. Those nipples just holding up the leg right now at the bottom of the ladder. They'll be pointy and vicious. (laughs) Now, 11 is the Bayside Executioners, which can only mean one thing, boys. The dingers are up. (laughs) They're up to 10. The league has finally woken up. If you if you look at these sides, maybe maybe pre-trade. And I'll take it while I have it. Yeah, no, this was done uh, pre-trade. The Dingers squad is just coming along. Players are coming back. Quarterbacks are there. It's not even a contest with these three shitty sides, but we won't spend too long down here. The last one is the DFF. But what I what I will say about this, this is the most glorified three and three record. Because he's tied with three of the next four. But who has he beaten this year? Oh, give me 30 seconds and I can tell you. It... Well, you don't need 30. Okay. It's the three that we just read out. Well, that's true. That's it. <laughs> so it's a very Jesus. glorified three and three record. I think he's got four tough games coming up now. Even better than that, his winning scores so far this season, 113, 113 and 89. There you go. That's, that's not going to cut it. In uh, the next four weeks, I don't think, but we will see. What? Uh, who has taken the number eight slot? Well, the number eight slot. In fact, it uh, from nine onwards gets pretty boring in the old power rankings. We have the three and three San Diego Demons remaining put at number eight. We have the three and three Prestige Worldwide remaining put at number seven. We have the three and three OJ's Legal Team remaining put at number six, and the four and two Straight Cash Homies just outside that top four. Uh, Staying put at number five. And I'll continue on here because uh, it's almost as if the bloke who uh, has got a new addition to the family has extra responsibilities that he has to now tend to. He will join us at some point. It's a bit of a mystery here, but we'll just keep powering along. Number four, the Johnny Unitas haircuts at two and four. They've cracked the top four height at two and four. That's uh, it's impressive scenes, but as we said earlier, he's uh, been scoring well to back it up. He stays put at number four. The Stallions at five and one stay and put at three. The Grouse stay and put at number two with five and one. And the Park City Lions, six and oh, remaining at the number one spot. There we have it. Yeah. That doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. Sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't mean that. the Geneva Convention. Look it up. And the Week 7 Previews, when I hit the right drop, brought to you by the Robert Kraft Honeymoon Suite, the pursuit of zappiness, uh, sees the first game going to you, Hod. 
What have we got here? The Robert Kraft Honeymoon Suite, The Pursuit of Zappiness. I'm going to be singing that song all night, I reckon. And we have OJ's legal team up against Papa's Punishers. And what does Rob Kraft have for us here? He has got a landslide. The league... The league is 100% to the legal team. No surprises there. Almost a 50% projection uh, split in favor of Jake and a 79 to 21% sleeper percentage projection. All right. We've, uh, we touched on it a little earlier. Jake quietly three and three. And who comes back now? We have Hopkins coming in this week. Mm. Not too shabby. The Heineken in. Very good timing for the legal team here. But let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins because I think, boys, this man is the complete Arizona offense. He's always... I don't know what he finished last year because of the injury, but they were 7-0, and if we remember correctly, and he went down with the injury after that and their season derailed very, very quickly. So I expect them to pepper him with targets this week. Comes up with a fairly good matchup. I know they have Lattimore, but the Saints haven't been fantastic at covering wide receivers this year. So I'm looking forward to this one, seeing Hopkins back, and I think Jake will be too. Now, what I will uh, talk about here, do we have the man back? No, we don't. Ben, yeah. you're going to be... You're going to be running the trivia here. Oh, shit. Or you're going, to, you're going to be guessing the trivia, should I say. Now, have a look at Jake's roster. You should know who he's got. In the mm-hmm. running back room, he has three running back ones this year. List them for me. Uh, Saquon Barkley has to be the obvious one there. I think he's probably running number back one. two. On, oh, is he number one on the season now? He's been so. going back and forth. I'm going to say uh, Leonard Fournette has to be... Also up there, that bloke is getting used. And I'm just looking at his starting lineup here, and I reckon this bloke is a sneaky chance. Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, you bastard. Yes. <laughs> I thought I'd get you. No, I've got, him in, I've got him in redraft. That's why I know he's performing very well. Oh, that's absolutely cheating. Um, yes. I didn't Vince, know he was that high, though. The Stevenson is RB9, I think it was. Yeah, 9 on the season. RB9 on the year. Let me rattle off. His scores from week three onwards is, and I don't know when Dan Harris got injured. I think it wasn't until four <laughs> or five. He's gone to Dan, has he? Dan? Damien, Damien even. <laughs> no, good. Take me, Dan. Now, week three, 18.1. <laughs> week four, 10.9. Yep. Week five, 18.5. And week six, 23.1. That is. Some strong scoring, and he has got the number one role for at least the next week. I reckon it'll be more like two or three, and we don't we don't know if Harris will even come back into that role. So there's a little we know his running back room is strong, and it just got a whole lot stronger with the Stephenson because he's got Zeke um, on the bench. Mm-hmm. That's how strong he's going, and Pollard so, I think as well. So yeah, very yep. very nice, and Devin Singletary. Hasn't been too bad this year, but uh, yeah, just got him sitting on the pine too. Well, we'll see how CMC watch goes on that one. But um, just some commentary here from Papa. Um, Jake will not chop his third win, blah, blah, blah. But he's really here. The big showing by Alec Pierce, who is looking like a future stud every week. He was ve- he was quiet last week, let's be honest, and then 
amazing catch to win the game for the Colts yeah. right there at the end. But he is getting the downfield yards we talked about, and he is a very good contested receiver. But Saquon looking great and helping Jake now. I think the trade we made, this is Papa saying, is looking very good for both teams. Now, Papa's just, it was a little segue there. He, he talked up Alec Pierce because he wanted to mm-hmm. get at, he hasn't just handed Saquon off. But let's talk about hindsight because it is a great thing. What could Papa get right now for the RB1 on the year? The RB... He's RB2 on the year. I think he's not far off, though, RB1. But um, oh, a hell of a lot more than a first in Alec Pierce. I'll, I reckon it's pretty safe to say. I reckon you'd be starting your conversations at two firsts and then possibly you could be pushing back for a little bit more than that. So he's definitely sold way too early on that one. I know Jake said that he took on all the risk. I call a bit of bullshit on that because I know the guy, uh, he was probably thinking at the back of his mind, even if he gets injured, he could still flip him for something. So it wouldn't be a complete sunk cost because of the draft capital and the age of the player. Um, So yeah, it's very, very well played by Jake here. It's... uh, it's almost coincided, though, with Najee Harris just dropping off the face of the earth. Mm, but it, it, it's just, I thought this was an interesting point because it, it is always this age-old debate, when to sell your stock. Now, Papa chose before the season. Um, obviously, Saquon's um, going really well this year. And I can see what Papa's, Papa did there, though. It's, like, it's a bit I- like me with our trade just now. Like, I don't know when those assets playing every week are going to get injured. Yeah. You didn't know when Saquon, how he was going to respond. Um, we can only assume back to his old self. But it is a nice feeling when you do get the asset of a draft pick in because obviously it can't get injured and it's just going to appreciate. So, yep. I can see it both ways. Yeah. And I uh, I, I always subscribe to the, the way of thinking that I'd rather cash out early than be left holding the bag. And I think Absolutely. That, that clearly after a couple of years and where Pappas' team was at, his intentions, everyone knew, were there. So, he probably did weigh it up and go, is it worth maybe sitting for the first two, three weeks of the season and hoping that he can appreciate and, and, and dominate? There is also, like you said, the risk there that he could pick up another injury and then drops back in value again. And the last thing on hindsight, we none of us, and I don't care what you think about your G-Man, none of us saw the G-Man at 5-1 and one on the year. And no that's chance. obviously contributing to Saquon dominating. So, um, fun one there. Fun one for sure. Who do we have next here? Next game is the San Diego Demons taking on the Johnny Unitas haircuts and uh, two of the more vocal members of this league just uh, shaping up here. And uh, despite the scoring, Camo's team with the uh, one-game advantage in this matchup here. But Manny's thoughts are it shapes up as an opportunistic week for the Demons with the return of Tua and Keenan Allen and the key duo of Jefferson and Sanders on by at the haircuts. Wins aren't really relevant, though, he reckons, this year because the sixth seed is looking a reasonable probability for himself. Uh, so this game is more about pride in not losing to someone from the worst division in the world of sports. <laughs> oh, is there going to be a week where he doesn't bring that up? It's fantastic. P.S. How good is Bailey Zappi again next week? He's, he's already penciled him in that he's playing. No Mac Jones return, he thinks. What Do you think that's uh, think that's a bit foolish to jump that, that far ahead? 
I don't think it's foolish for this week. I think Mac Jones is operating about 80%, they said. So why why risk him at 80% when you have the zappiness? Uh, still there, winning, uh, playing for another week. But I think it's still Mac Jones's job. I don't think we have a quarterback controversy like Manny wishes. Absolutely. And I, I agree, though. He thinks uh, he's done enough to get a chance again at some stage somewhere, I think is uh, that's a pretty fair statement when you... Uh, when you get a short opportunity, and I think Cooper Rush probably falls into the same category a little bit here too with uh, Dak coming back that, you know, you show that you can actually perform when you're the starter and it just makes some teams who have got zero options at quarterback actually stop and think. If if you have an asset picked in the fourth round of a rookie draft and they have any consideration for a starting spot anyway, you've made a good pick. Absolutely. So. Yeah, no, it's a good one. And uh, speaking of, we, we uh, will touch on the sponsor of the Robert Kraft Honeymoon Suite, The Pursuit of Zappiness. Uh, that sees this game going 0%, the league thinks, to the Demons, 100% to the haircut. So they don't care about his two wins and four losses. They think the scoring will prevail here. But uh, Sleeper actually sees it differently with 51% to the Demons. So just a slight two-point projection there. Um didn't seem to scare anyone else off who voted on this game. Uh, my my commentary that I wanted to make here, and I know it's rare that Camo doesn't share his thoughts um, on the pod, and, and the guy has been away on holiday, and that's why he's been a little bit quiet on the more quiet side in the league. But since he is quiet, we can talk shit about him. So this is good because he, uh, he won't have a right of reply for a while. But I'm going to call this the great Camo slide of uh, 2022. He was the off-season darling. Everyone had him top three, I think it was, in the power rankings going into the season. Totally reshaped his list, which he seems to do, you know, every six minutes. But he is sitting 15 and 18 all time. And I reckon he was the off-season darling the previous year as well. So does that surprise you, Hod? 15 and 18 all time. Nah, I I can see the, you know... He's he's the leader of the best division in world sports, so I can see why people are just waiting for this absolutely promising season. It hasn't lived up just yet, but the season's young. That's so. true. So the the best performer in the best division in all of world is under five hundred all time record. That's that's that does back it yep. up. But uh, here's a fun fact for you because we got to build him up a little bit by tearing him down again. And that is that Camo has never beaten Manny in all of EDL history. How's that for a stat? So this could be just uh, just business as usual for the Bo Callahan division taking on your well, piece of shit division. It's, um, it couldn't be any better time because we've got the showdown and our funky print colours were green, and the man, he's back. <laughs> Give us some thoughts on the dingers v. the grouse, courtesy of... Fucking Bailey Zap. What was it again? <laughs> Robert, The Robert Craft Honeymoon Suite, the pursuit of zappiness. That is a bloody funny sponsor, uh, if I do say so myself. Fucking Bailey Zap. Fucking Bailey Zap. You better not take that job, Hod. No, you traded me. Don't tell me you traded me a lemon. <laughs> no, we just talked about that. We we backed McSnorkel up. Don't worry. Very good. Well, this one this one is a nice game for you, Hod. The 
the Dak Prescott, he's back. He's back. It's been a while. He's played half a game all year. And uh, got, it, got, got him from the grouse, from memory, yes. in the Dixie trade. So a little bit of a return there. But um, And you don't, from what I can see, you don't have too many on by this week. You've got a, pretty much a full book of dingers to choose from, <laughs> from what I can see. But uh, I will say, ladies and gents, I am a little bit nervous. I was on the text machine early in the week to Hodges expressing my nervousness. And I will say I'm not sure that I'm a good option in the Eliminator pool this week, but uh, I think others agree they've gone with Jake, which is good. But uh, a little nervy. I've got a few injuries mounting up, Hod. Yeah, well, I did think about holding off Ben, I must be honest, because he has been nervous this week and keeping the two running backs, it would have obviously helped. But you're right, I do need some new dingers and I'm looking on the running back wire because I'm not going to throw a zero out there if I can avoid it. You know who I've got to choose from? Kyle Juszczyk. Oh, mate, one thousand Super ring. Bowl champ. Yep, well, Super Bowl H- champ. EDL champ. And Jermichael Hasty, who had a nice little run against the Colts last week. but Just the one? I'm not, sure, not sure I'll have too much competition on the waiver wire tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but what I will bring up to this is this one is close to your heart because Rashad Bayman... Jumped on the Twitter sphere. Is that what you call it? Mm. Yep. Because um, Deshaun Jackson, we have a sighting or a signing. And Rashad Bateman just jumped on the Twitter and uh, put a little lull. So you brought up an interesting thing before. He has been 16 days on the day to day injury report, Keeney. Are you a little yeah, bit concerned here? Is there something more to this injury or relationship with? John, uh, for them to be signing, because we talk about transactions, they typically mean more than the coach speak. Uh, Do we have anything here? Well, potentially, I think, whether it's injury-related or player-related, not sure which one, but he hasn't played since week four. It was sort of poised to be a pretty nice breakout year for him. Hollywood Brown gone. He's really the only wide receiver in the building outside of Mark Andrews, as we know. But he hasn't really lit the world on fire in terms of targets and and production outside of two big touchdown bombs which were lucky he'd be he wouldn't be going that well so um he's definitely underwhelmed and the signing of Deshaun Jackson tells you something that maybe the Ravens don't think he's going that well either or does it tell you the injury is worse than I would I would assume what he's letting on I would assume that side of the story rather than the talent because he uh I thought he started pretty well Week one. Mm. Um, but do we move on to the next game, boys? Yeah. Well, before we do, though, I just I think the DFF might take offense to Bateman and Andrews, the only talents on that offense, because didn't Devin Dunavay get a mention this morning? <laughs> he did. Yeah, he got a mention for over three receptions, and how'd that go? Yeah, one reception. Shit ass. As Papa said, the DFF shit house. Now, who's not shit house? The Jim City Stallions are taking on the Bayside Executioners in a Sunny Weaver Junior Division barnstormer, boys. But before we get into the comments, I wanted to bring this one up. Now, Scoot has invested in the Wentz experiment, and he also got Sam Howell in that trade with myself. Mm-hmm. So, 
Rivera has opted to go for the Heineken, who they brought in Wentz to take over from in the offseason. Obviously drafted Howe there, have the young whippersnapper sitting there. What does this tell us, boys? I think Rivera obviously is there to still win. If he's putting in Heineken, I'm guessing he thinks he's still got a chance, but I don't think their record's too pretty. So why wouldn't you get the young fella in and see what you have at the position? Yeah, this is for mine. This is clearly coach in the hot seat driven. He wants Mm -hmm. to keep being competitive. He knows if he throws Sam Howell out there, he might get killed and then his job's gone. So this is clearly self-preservation from Ron Riviera, I reckon. Like, because why else? They're two and four. Their division's loaded. They're not going to make any damage this year. Sam Howe looked good in the preseason. And he's he's a bit of a different QB than what they've got. Why wouldn't they just throw him in there, make him run around, see what happens? Give him a crack. Well, we might have to change the nickname nickname to Riviera Boat Ron. What, oh, what, what did you what did what did I just call, call him? Ron Riviera. Throwing <laughs> extra yeah, syllables in there. Jeepers. All right. Uh, let's get Jim's comments here. Now, they're a bit sad, Zach. Let's be honest, Jim. You've lost one Jim, game. Jim, Pick yeah, your game up. Jim, it's spring racing time. Yeah. You're the stallions, mate. Giddy up. Get up and about. Giddy up. Now, Jim tells us, playing the executioners with arguably my best few players on by and Rogers getting the questionable tag could get my stallions sent to the glue factory. <laughs> wow. It's grim. In saying that, Scoot's team genuinely sucks. Now we're talking. And I'll need to reevaluate my life choices if my neck gets chopped this week. So I don't think he's got too much to worry about here, boys. But what I do always enjoy previewing the Executioner's Games is Scoot's commentary brought to you by the Western Ring Road. I'm tipping an upset. Get on board the Bayside Eliminators, people. He's missing all his stars and Mitch Trubensky is Back, baby. I'm not sure about that because I'm pretty sure I read something off air before that uh, the picket is practicing and on track to start. So he's got small hands. He's got <laughs> no depth. Small hands. Had it ready. He's uh, he's got no depth, and he reckons he's playing David Zaharakis for fuck's sake. <laughs> Now, I don't know if you boys saw David Zaharakis on the red carpet of some sort the other day, but did have some nice company that the boys were uh, quite happy about. So, Zaha is back, but, oh no, I don't want to even hear anything about this matchup. The following matchup uh, Uh brought to you by Robert Kraft's Honeymoon Suite, The Pursuit of Zappiness. Uh, and that's fitting for this matchup. Talk about happy endings with these two playing each other, and that's the DFF taking on the Prestige Worldwide. The flowers blossom in spring, face. Always and forever. <laughs> these two blokes have been attached at the dick for the entire <laughs> EDL existence, but the league sees it 12.5% to the DFF, 87.5% to the Prestige, but... Not much separating them on the old projections. Only three points, Thais's way, which is a 52% nod. Um, yeah, it, uh, it's a good week for DFF to be taken on Prestige because he loses one of his biggest assets in Joshy Tassels. And DFF, uh, look, he, he was a bit torn putting his thoughts in this week. He said, where do I start? It's the matchup I look least forward to. 
but there has to be one winner. I'm playing the reigning league champion, and I wish him all the best. Love your prestige. P.S. I'll be unveiling Kenny Pickett for this week in my quest to go four and three. I can smell the henchki. So he's already called it the Pickett's playing. Um, he doesn't need any news updates. He, he knows exactly where that guy's at. And he's called it against his bum buddy in uh, Thayer. So going four and three, that leaves him with only four more wins on the season for his uh, Henschke to get up. Uh, but I think it probably leads to a more important thing to think about here, and that is the Prestige Worldwide's QB situation, which does see two of the best combo QBs in the league in uh, Burrow and Allen as he's one and two, but that's it after that to the point where he can't even start someone in his super flex spot this week. So he's got Corton Sutton because Gardner Minshew is his only other quarterback who is also on by, but it would have been irrelevant anyway. So uh, we know that the guy is sitting with a plethora of first round picks for 2023, but uh, it's if as Manny has found out, and as you have found out, Keeney, it's going to take a few of those first rounders if he wants to uh, invest in some quarterbacks. Yeah, I was going to mention, I think his, uh, his QB depth is sitting at the first round pick of Scoot this year. I think that's going to go straight to QB in the draft, potentially. Um, it's, a, it's a nice class, isn't it, Hod, for a QB? Definitely running back. Um, but I think there's, a, there's some good QBs there at the top end. There is. There's there's about four or five with a couple of superstars or so. They say. The, the running back is not really strong. There's just one or two really standout players. So mm. Isn't there a lot of solid running backs though? As in like compared to previous years, it, it bats a lot deeper than, than other years? Well, interestingly, you look at last year's draft, which had no running backs, and there's actually quite a few, including yeah. Brees Hall. Um, who was the standout, but that was about it. And there's a lot of good rookie running backs at the moment. So anyway, we will see. Well, yeah, just on a final note, it's three and three for both of these teams. If uh, Thais doesn't get over the line here against the DFF, it will be just an interesting watch what he does from this point. I, I do. I know he said that uh, last week was where he tilted, or before last week was where he was going to tilt in a loss. Um, yeah, I, I do think on a two-win losing streak going up against the DFF, if he loses here... It's uh, it's going to go. I think the direction of just hunkering down and uh, and getting ready for the draft. If it, if he loses here, we will be calling collusion. There mm-hmm. will be a full review with the mm-hmm. NFL for putting the Bills on by this week. It's bullshit. Um, with you, that is very stinky. Um, speaking of not stinky, <laughs> great segue. The Park City Lions. At six and zero, oh, come up against the straight cash homies who are four and two. Mm. But boys, I was playing around with the the records today. Um, Timos is zero and four against Jake in this league all time. Outside of that, he's twenty five and four against everyone else. That is an unbelievable record of consistency for the straight cash homies. But this is a ripping matchup. Ben, are you you feeling like you're six and zero? Oh, it's got to be in your mind that. You can put on the ring that you went through undefeated. Where's your head at? Because I went through it last year. When you get to this point, you go, "Gee whiz, I actually want to win the. I want to win every game. I don't want to lose one." I was, yeah, I was happy with getting the number one score on each week. That was uh, a nice little addition to the bank account. And then you just pipped me at the end of last week and took that twenty away, just snatched it. Um, 
No, six and zero. Oh, I mean, it means absolutely fuck all. All it is oh, doing nice. is putting me in a good spot to win the division. That, like you, I think pointed out, if I can lock in a buy in the playoffs, that is just one step closer. And we all know that anything can happen in the playoffs. And building depth at the moment is probably where my mindset is at, just to uh, make that push a little bit further. But those four losses that Timos had, did one of them happen to be against my good self? Ooh, you've put me on the spot, and I've got it here, ready I, to I look at. I reckon I've contributed me, to twenty-five percent of those. Well, let losses. me just pad for like one more second, and what? I reckon I can have a look. Yes, Park. There's two losses to the Park City 50%. Lions. One in year one. <laughs> one in year one, and one in week I, one last year. If you don't mind. So. In uh, I remember season one. That was the Rex Burkhead thirty game that I dropped on him. <laughs> it was filthy. So, so outside of yourself and Jake, he's twenty-five and two. <laughs> There you go. I've never beaten him. I'm 0 five against the bastard. All right, let's go on to your game here. And uh, as I said, this is a this is a rip up. The, when I think back to how I was going last year and similar position, sort of six and I came up against Timos. The thing that scared the living shit out of me, Ben, that you've got to worry about this week. It's a man by the name of Conklin, the big <laughs> snoz. And he is in Timos's lineup. He could do anything, mate. He pulled a couple of tutties out against me, and I think he could be. The uh, the difference here, if Timos is able to get up, he's going to need some snoz help. But um, all in all, it's a it's a nice matchup. I did want to touch on a couple of things relating to this matchup, not specifically, but more to your team, Ben. OBJ, there's a lot of whispers and rumors about where he's going to go. He's certainly going to end up somewhere, and it looks like he's going to end up on a very very nice offense, either the Chiefs or the Bills. Either way. That is a huge fillet for your team going forward. Mm. I mean, a couple of, I mean, if the Bills is just good, obviously, for that offense, but uh, the Chiefs as well with the old Mahomey stack, it could be that I just start pretty much the Chiefs and the 49ers in my starting lineup, if that's the case. You would definitely want the Chiefs there because yeah. that wide receiver room is nothing yeah, to absolutely. worry about. Um, he is could it, step in there and have a pretty solid role. I think going uh, after last week's game, one touchdown to Juju and MVS combined, which were the two mm. off-season acquisitions. So they clearly are looking to do something. And obviously, uh, a bit of news that they restructured Kelsey's contract as well just recently. So even more uh, reason to add to that speculation. Yeah, I was going to say that's a very good point. Um, the fact that they've done that probably means they're looking to make a move before the trade period. And just on Travis Kelsey, Ben, you acquired him in, in the offseason. He's 33 years old. But ladies and gents, if we want to include all fantasy players this year, QBs, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, all of them, Travis Kelsey sits, where do you reckon he sits in the whole, including QBs? Where does he sit in the year? I was just indicating on the screen. I reckon it's a big 10, isn't it? Hod, where do you reckon he sits? Well, looking at Ronald McDonald on the screen here, I'm going with 10 as well. <laughs> well, you're actually both mistaken because he sits at number five with the little tight end premium. I've gone on total points for the year here, Ben. Oh. I haven't done averages. I've gone total points, but he's sitting I'll take at that. the number five total points, including QBs on the year. The guy is a machine. How long will he keep going for? But for you, happy days, mate. He's um, he's leading you to a beautiful record and almost certainly a week one buy. So uh, good luck this week. Timos has a funny knack of knocking off good teams, though. He sure as well, shit does. Well, we must touch on this then. Pappas, 
traded Saquon. Boom. Had Kelsey at some stage. Was that the trade with you or did Kelsey yep. go somewhere else first? No, nah, Kelsey and, and Brady. Yep. So Kelsey, boom. So Cooper Cup, boom. <laughs> yeah, boom. The San Diego Demons have Josh Jacobs who's about to go boom, boom. <laughs> boom, so, boom. But Keeney, look, I know it's been a few weeks. You're a little bit rusty. All right. Don't throw out tight ends and don't get my thoughts on them. So let's go back to the snonklin for a second because Joe Flacco had the first four weeks and since Zach Wilson, I think Conklin was tight end four or five with scores of 11, 10 and 16 and eight. Then Zach Wilson returns and he's had a zizzer with 70% playing time and then a 2.7. So I'm just saying... I'm not saying he's a star. I'm saying beware the snoz. When, well, Tim, Oss, when Tim Oss trots him into his lineup, he only ever does it when he knows something's happening. He's got the snonkling ready to go then. There we have it. There we have it. Mate, it's been... Uh, it's just been an extra layer of... Uh, of quality having you back on the pod here. We did lose you for a, a large portion of that, but we were so used to just bouncing off each other that Hod and I basically carried it. And, and I bet you the listeners didn't even realise that you'd, you'd ducked off to uh, for old bath time there with Riley. Yeah, a little bath time, that's all right. But uh, it's, it's great to be back. And I think the, the the shape of the league right now this year is is coming together nicely. There's probably... We're starting to see some real contenders separate, but then that middle pack is really tight and the wildcard spots are up for grabs. So we'll see how it eventuates. It's a big week this week. Odd. It's a huge week. The ding is up against the grouse. He's had a bit of bath time there. He's feeling pretty good about it. I'm, I'm a little bit annoyed about that trade now. I just wish we could have kept him a little bit stressed for just a little longer. But it was great having you back. I had a Nick Chubb when I got the confirmed start from the Keen Dog, but always good to have the ever-reliable back. It felt like home, boys. To the trio, ready to go. Podcast over and out. Beautiful. All right, I've got to go. See you, mate. Thanks, boys. Good job.